there, and welcome once again to Following the Truth. I'm Gary Zimak, and it is my pleasure to be your host for the next 30 minutes as today we enter week eight, the final week of Give Up Worry for Good, week eight, day two. Today's message continues the theme, which we're going to focus on all this week, of looking back. Looking back at what the Lord has done in our lives. Today's specific verse comes from the book of the prophet Joel. It's Joel 2.21. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Isn't that a great message? I've got to read that one again. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. It's such a great message for us. If we look back at what the Lord has done. Now, the Bible is filled with examples. And we'll, we'll talk about some of them today. Uh, we'll highlight some of the ones that I mentioned in the reflection for today. But if we look at what the Lord has done, not just in our own lives, but throughout history, we're going to come up with plenty of reasons to have confidence in Him. You know, the evidence is there, but I'm not saying this is easy to do. It's not easy to do because it's much easier to look at your problems, to have people tell you this is never going to work out. You really should be worried about this. You know, I, re- I remember, well, well, let me pray first, and then I'll share a story with you that just came to mind. Um, and, and this is the kind of thing that we deal with. And unless we shift our focus to what great things that, that God has done and take our focus off of all of the potential negative things that can happen to us, Unless we learn to do that, we're never going to be at peace. So we'll keep working on that this week. It's, it's an important technique to learn. Uh, certainly an important technique to incorporate into our spiritual life, right? The idea of looking back at all that God has done. Because let me tell you, he's done a lot of good things. And it's very easy to either overlook or forget about what he's done, you know? So... Let's pray. Let's turn to our Father in heaven and pray. If you would join me, I'm going to lead, okay? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, wow, what a great privilege it is to be able to address you in prayer. Father, you did not have to make it possible for us to address you in prayer. You didn't have to make it possible for, for us to be adopted by you and be able to call you Father either, but you did. You did because you love us. And Father, we turn to you in prayer today. We turn to you with grateful hearts. First of all, grateful to have some small idea of your power, your might, and your infinite love. Small idea. There's so much we can't comprehend about you, Father, but we know enough to really impress us. You know, I know that I'm very impressed with your power, with your availability, because you're always available. And with your love for me. So thank you, Father, for letting us get a brief glimpse into who you are. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus into the world to help reveal you to us. Because through Jesus, through his teaching, through his example, we learn a lot about you. Father, thank you for creating us. Thank you for providing for all of our needs from the moment we were first conceived right up until the present time. We're grateful for that. Father, we pray for our families, our friends. We pray for our own needs. We pray for the needs of the world. 
We pray for all who were sick, all who are homeless or homebound or in hospitals, nursing homes, or prisons. We pray, Father, for those who don't know you. And we ask that you open their hearts so that they would be willing to enter into a deeper relationship with you. Father, I pray that you send your spirit on me today so that I can deliver the message that you would like me to deliver and not my own message. Father, please open all of our hearts and all of our minds so that we would be willing to hear what it is you have to say on this program and put it into practice. Heavenly Father, I ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, thanks for praying with me. Again, my name is Gary Zimak. You are listening to Following the Truth. We are currently in week eight of Give Up Worry for Good. Specifically today, we're in week, uh, on day two, um, and I, I shared that quote with you. We'll get back to it in a couple of minutes from the prophet Joel. Acknowledging the great things that the Lord has done in the past, and then knowing that, right? Knowing that, facing the future with confidence that he can do the same thing. You know, you might be facing something right now some kind of a problem that just seems impossible. If you're there, I want, I want you to stick around because I think I can help you today because I've been there many times. In fact, I've got a couple of problems in my life that I look at right now and I don't know how they're going to ever get resolved. But I'll tell you what I know and what I've learned. And, and it, it this requires work, you know. I have learned that God can do the impossible. I've seen it. There's a history of him doing the impossible. So I do understand that there is no problem that we can ever face that is impossible for God to solve. That doesn't mean he always responds to our prayers in exactly the way that we want, because he doesn't. Sometimes he changes the circumstances. Sometimes he takes the problem away. Sometimes the change is internal. And we can be at peace even though the circumstances haven't changed. And I found that what's important is our willingness to be able to accept his answer, however he decides to answer. But he can do it. So I want you to know that just because it appears that he's not answering your prayers right now, just because it appears like he's doing nothing, just because your problem feels impossible, doesn't make any of those things true. Feelings are not facts. So you can feel that your problem is impossible. And and sometimes we do. You can feel that. You can feel that God's not present in your life. You can feel hopeless. You can feel all of those things. But that doesn't make them true. And what I'm here to do today is to give you hope to let you know that your problem can turn around tomorrow. Again, I don't know how he's going to answer. And I don't know if he will answer tomorrow, but he might. Your circumstances might not change, but you might wake up in the morning with a whole new attitude and you might be in total peace with the whole thing. I've had that happen before where I'm praying about something. Please make this happen. Please make this happen. Please make this happen. And then one day, 
I start to think, well, I don't know why, but I'm okay if it doesn't happen. Lord, I know you can get me through this. Your will be done. You're giving me a chance to say your will be done and really mean it, you know? So I want you to know that that breakthrough you're waiting for, it could be right around the corner. How it's going to happen, I have no idea. But I believe it can happen. And I'm going to do my best, not just on today's show, not just uh, throughout this week, but in all of my future podcasts. If you ever hear me speak at a church or conference, if you ever read one of my books, one of my future books, i got several ones coming out, I'm going to do my best to give you that hope, to know that you can get through this and that with God all things are possible. I really mean that, and I believe that with all my heart. Not only do I believe that intellectually, but I really feel that, okay? So if you need somebody to tell you that today, here you go. That's me telling you that. Um, I want to direct you to my website, followingthetruth.com. I haven't said this in a while because I just assume that you're, you're already subscribed, but in case you're not aware, I do a daily email reflection that you can sign up for. It's called Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. Now, currently, we're focusing on Give Up Worry for Good. It's free of charge. All you need to go is do is go to followingthetruth.com, submit your email address, and you'll be all set. You'll get the an email from me once each day. So if you're interested in that, followingthetruth.com is the place. I have to take a sip of water. Hang on. It's tough when I when I when I feel getting a little catch in my throat and I feel like I'm going to cough, but uh, but I, I I know I need to reach for the water because it, the sentence isn't quite done, and you know it's a, it's the tough thing about radio sometimes. Um, but hey, thanks for being here. Let's um, let's take a look. We're again we're in week eight, the final week of Give Up Worry for Good. Now we're going to unpack it a little bit more next week. So I hope you'll stick around and keep listening to the podcast. And then after that, going forward, I'm going to still be doing the podcast, God willing. So. I did it before this give up worry for good thing. I'm going to continue to do it afterwards, and we're just going to go where the Spirit leads. Today's uh, reflection for day two, again, this is week eight, day two of give up worry for good, comes from the book of the prophet Joel, Joel 2.21. Fear not, O land. That's a great message, isn't it? Now, we hear this message hundreds of times throughout the Bible. You've heard, you probably heard me say this before. Some say 365, but... That number is debatable, but it's hundreds of times. So, you know, I'm not going to get into the, uh, it sounds good, 365, one for every day of the year. But but again, that's a debatable number. So I, I try to give you the facts truthfully. It's said hundreds of times. It might even be more than 365. I don't know. But throughout the Old and the New Testament, you hear that message. Fear not. Fear not. And to me, somebody me like me who tends to be a little cynical, my message to the prophet Joel, or even to the Holy Spirit speaking through Joel in, in the pages of Scripture, fear not. My, my thought process with this is, okay, why not? Why shouldn't I be afraid? And then he goes on to say, be glad and rejoice. Be glad and rejoice, fear not. All right, that sounds really good. But why should I fear not? Why should I be glad? Why should I rejoice? Joel has the answer for us. And he says this, For the Lord has done great things, and for that reason, we should not be afraid. We should not be afraid because of the great things that the Lord has done. And this is why we're looking back this week. This is why we are looking back 
on all the great things the Lord has done. Now, I'm sure if you think about it, you're going to come up with some things he has done in your life. But if you struggle, sometimes we, we have, we, we're unable to think like, oh, I, I don't know. He never really did anything that great in my life. Well, if he has, trust me. But if you can't think, I mentioned a couple of examples in, uh, in the meditation. He created the heavens and earth, right? That's pretty amazing. The heavens and earth out of nothing. I mean, we, we should be able to stop there. And by the way, that's Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. The very be- As soon as you open the Bible, you see that God created the heavens and the earth out of nothing. Right, I don't know. That's, that's pretty impressive. Maybe he can help me get a job. What do, what do you think? Maybe he can help me deal with my bad medical diagnosis. Maybe he can cure my loneliness. Maybe he can help me pass a test. I think so. You know, see, this is the way we need to think. If he created the heavens and earth, somebody like me, I can be dense. And my problem that I'm facing sometimes seems so difficult so impossible that I ignore the fact that God created the heavens and earth out of nothing. I mentioned also he he drove back the sea to deliver the Israelites. Exodus 14, verse 21. He drove back the sea. Again, pretty impressive. And then I talk about some of the miracles of Jesus, including healing the sick and casting out demons, stilling the sea, and raising Lazarus from the dead, not to mention the greatest miracle of all, when Jesus defeated death and rose from the dead himself. Again, so what are your problems? You know, and and I am not downplaying anybody's problems. I get it. I know what it's like to be up in the night and think about house maintenance problems. I I know what it's like to think about car problems. I know what it's like to think about money issues. They're very real. And they're very serious. And they can make you sick. And that's why we have to balance that. You know, the what if. Like, what if this never gets better? What if I never stop worrying? What if I never get a job? I sent out 157 resumes. What what, what if I never get a job? You know, we have to balance this by looking at the great things the Lord has done. He created the universe. And, and I need to tell myself this. Wait a minute. Let me, let, let me, I'm a logical person. Let me think about this. God created the universe out of nothing. Hmm. I wonder if he can help me to pay my monthly bills. Well, I think he probably can. You know, and if we just analyze it, look at it rationally, using our faith and our common sense, we often can just get a bit of a boost. And we need that boost and get hope. You know, we might not have the answer to the problem, but we might get the hope that we need to keep praying, to keep moving forward until the answer does arrive. And that's why it's critical for us to look back. And, and, and you know, that's the reason why we shouldn't have fear, because the Lord has done great things. Now, I've told you before that we can't control our emotions. We can control what we think about, however. And we could try, right? I can reread that that message, that verse from Joel 2, verse 21, over and over again. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice. Be glad and rejoice. Be glad and rejoice. Why? For the Lord has done great things. What did he do? 
He created the world out of nothing. He drove back the sea so the Egyptians could escape, um, so the Israelites could escape from the Egyptians. Jesus rose from the dead. You know what I mean? And you start forcing yourself to think about these truths. This is not wishful thinking. This is not fantasy. This is truth. The what if I lose my job or the what if my medical condition never gets better or the what if I never meet someone to share my life with or the what if I never get hired for another job again. Those what ifs, they are fantasy. They are fiction. That's what our imagination can do. But when you focus on the reality of the fact that the Lord created the earth the heavens and the earth out of nothing, that he allowed his people to escape from slavery. That multiple times in the Bible, we see stories of God intervening on behalf of his people to get them out of one jam after another. And then we see Jesus in the New Testament performing all these miracles. You know, when you focus on these facts, all of a sudden you start to have hope. And that's what we need. We need hope to move forward. We need hope to stop worrying. Because until we get that hope, then our problems are going to be overwhelming. And they're going to do us in. And we're going to get discouraged. And we're going to stop praying. We're going to give up hope. So we need to do what we can to look at the facts, not fantasy, not imaginary issues, but the facts of what God has done, right? In order to allow the Holy Spirit to give us peace and overcome our fear. Again, I can't change fear because it's an emotion. So I can't make myself feel a certain way. But what I can do is channel my thoughts and concentrate on certain truths, realities, And that, in turn, is going to bring about a change in my feelings. Does it happen immediately? No. More often than not, sometimes it does, but more often than not, it doesn't. So I I told you I I was going to share a story. And and listen, I get this. I, I get this. That's why I can speak to you about this. This is a constant battle in my life. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I shared with you last week, I'm thinking about my, my deck in, in the back of my house. It needs to be repaired. I don't know who to call. I don't have the money to do it, you know? And I can become overwhelmed by that. And it doesn't mean I don't have to do it. But it shouldn't consume me to the point where it keeps me up at night. Because honestly, this life, it's temporary. So again, it doesn't mean I shirk my responsibilities. It doesn't mean I ignore my problems. It means I don't let them take over my emotions to the point where I ignore the fact that God loves me and God wants to help me. So the most insignificant problem you're dealing with today, um, the car, the, the tire pressure light went off. That's what, that is such, that's one of the things that drives me crazy. Oh my gosh, the pressure light is off. I'm going to get a flat tire. You know, this has driven me crazy for years and it was a simple matter. I mean, this has happened before. Sometimes it's a slow leak. I've, I've run into this before. Sometimes the weather changes a little bit. The pressure drops be, 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 you know, below that magical threshold and the pressure light comes on. So I filled up the tires. Everything's okay now. You know? I was going to tell you a story earlier. I mentioned I, I have a story for you about how problems can be so overwhelming. And you always run into these people who, when you're trying to 
live your life peacefully. Again, that doesn't mean ignoring your problems, but you try to retain some peace and let the Lord work in your life and trust Him, right? You're always running into these people who are giving you reasons why you should be worried. I, I remember at our previous house, we used to have all these tall trees around us. Well, actually, two stories come to mind about that. When we first moved in, the neighbors next door invited us over. So Eileen and I were new to the neighborhood. It's our first single home. We moved from a condo, and uh, we, we move into this neighborhood. Don't really know a lot about it. We kind of know a little bit about the the area. It's the town where my wife grew up in, but uh, we didn't know a lot about the neighborhood. So we go to this party one night, and uh, all these couples were there, and they start telling us about all the robberies that have taken place over the years. Now, this is just what we need to hear, right? Like, oh, yeah, that's... Your house was hit, and the next one, oh, they've all been hit. And so, like, we come, it was a really depressing night. I remember we, us thinking, like, let's, let's never go back there. We don't, we don't need to hear this. We don't need these reasons why we should worry. And then, like, I think it was the next week, or, or we, we, had a, we moved into the house, and there was a burglar alarm in the house, which was pretty cool. It was installed in the house, and that gave us some measure of security. Well, the, the alarm stops working. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh. And we couldn't get it fixed right away. And I remember thinking that, oh, my gosh, all these robberies have taken place over the years. It's just a matter of time. And ultimately, we lived there for many years and never had a problem, got the alarm fixed, never had a break-in at the house. But that night, I just remember thinking, oh, man, I, I couldn't. I was having trouble sleeping. And our neighbors across the street, it was an elderly couple, uh, we had these trees around the house too, these very, very tall pine trees. And the neighbor was obsessed with these trees, you know, and, and of course, again, I didn't have the money to do anything about it. Actually, they weren't even on my property. They were on the property uh, next to us, my neighbor's property. They weren't doing anything about them. My neighbor across the street was just obsessed about these trees, always looking at them, saying, boy, I hope these trees never fall down. It's going to really do a number on your house. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so you're, you're going to run into these people. doesn't mean you don't have problems in life, but you don't have to dwell on your... If you're going to dwell on anything, dwell on the Lord and what he's done in the past. But again, if you have to fix your problems, do what you can to fix your problems. But if you can't... So in the case of those big trees at my house, which, by the way, we never had any problems with. But I didn't have the money to to chop them down. And even if I did, they weren't on my property. They were on the property next to me. They were on my neighbor's property, and they weren't doing anything about them. So I there was nothing that I could do. And in that case, that's when you just got to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, please, please spare my house. You know, please spare my house. And, uh, and and help me to focus on you. And, and the way you can do that is to focus on the amazing things he has done throughout history. And, and, and each one of us have some problem or some obstacle right now that we're facing. Because otherwise we would not worry. We worry because there's something that we're worried about. Make sense? If we had nothing to worry about, if we weren't concerned about anything that leads to worry, then we wouldn't be worrying. So there's something in each of our lives, those of us who tend to worry that is um, that is causing us grief and nine times out of ten it's something that we have no control over I'd say ten times out of ten because if we had control over it would do something about it right but there's that there's that isolated case maybe one or two instances where we're worried and there is something we can do I'm worried about my health well I can go to the doctor 
I'm worried about losing my job. Well, am I looking for a new job, you know, because my company's doing poorly? A lot of times there is something we can do. But when we get to that point where there's nothing we can do, that's when God is saying to you and to me, you have to, I want you to trust me. And in order to help that trust, that feeling of trust come about, one of the best things we can do is start looking at how powerful God is and the things out of the goodness, out of pure goodness that he has done for his people over the years. So it's not just about power, it's about power and love and his desire to be present in our lives. So when you start to focus on those things, we're going to be looking at some things this week. When you start focusing on those things, then your feelings or your emotions begin to change. And again, it's gradual sometimes. More often than not, it's gradual. And you begin to fear less. Because you start to believe, and, and the Holy Spirit plays a big role in this too. You start to fear less because you believe that, wow, God, God can really fix this. And the fact that he's not doesn't mean that he's powerless and doesn't mean that he, he doesn't care because I look back throughout history and he obviously cares and he obviously is powerful. You know, And then as your thinking shifts a little bit, eventually what's in your head trickles down into your heart and you start to feel that confidence in God thinking that wow this is a real mess I can't wait to see what God's going to do here again that takes time and do I always look at my difficult problems and think that no not always sometimes it takes me a while to get there but I'll tell you your impossible situation right now your impossible problem it's an opportunity it's an opportunity for you to step out in faith and it's an opportunity for God to miraculously intervene in your life. And it takes practice to start looking at your difficulties as opportunities. It takes, it takes practice. It takes practice. So let's continue to work on it, all right? Let's continue to walk through this week looking at some of the great things the Lord has done in our lives. And I recommend you spend a little time thinking about that in your life too. Look in the Bible. Remember Genesis 1.1. Go there. Start there. He created the entire universe, seen and unseen, out of nothing. Pretty impressive. And then there are many more examples as well. Not just in the Bible, but I think if you think about them, you're going to think of some things in your life, right? Um, hey, if you have questions, Gary at followingthetruth.com is my email address. Make sure you reach out to me. Hope you're doing well with all of this. Again, write to me if you're struggling, but if not, let's keep moving forward. I intend to be here tomorrow. I hope you'll be able to join me. If you would be so kind as to consider leaving a donation for my ministry in these difficult summer months, I would really appreciate it. You just go to followingthetruth.com and click on donate. Until we meet again, my name is Gary Zimak, and I want to thank you for listening to Following the Truth, and uh, God willing... I plan to be back here tomorrow, and I really hope you'll join me. Have a fantastic night. God bless you.